This podcast is sponsored by the Faith Mission Christian Fellowship Church Incorporated, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Goldston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. Interested in becoming a member, giving, or submitting a prayer request? Text Give Prayer or Member to 845-254-2445, fill out the prompts, and a member of our team will contact you. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. Uh-huh. He said one Sunday, he said, uh, Sister Perry, don't leave. He said, I got a meeting. I want you in it. And I went like the coldest day of the year. It was cold. Snow was up like this. I'll never forget that Sunday. Uh, snow was like this. That was that big storm we had. And I said, cold as this church is, and he wants me to stay here for a meeting. Well, we got up in the meeting, and I'm sitting beside him in the meeting in our table where all the ministers, I don't know, minister, what I'm doing up here. I'm sitting between him and my good friend, Vanderus Grace, that had already said to me two months before I got here, God spoke to me to come here, I know you coming and you're going to be one to join our church. And I said to her, not me. Said her right on the telephone. I said, not me. Uh-uh. I like A.R. Bernard and I like it was household of faith now, now CLC. Okay. And pastor said, I'm going to Africa. And I'm sitting around the table. He said, well, you know, I have to ordain some people before I leave. And he said, uh, Brother uh, Anthony McCauley and Minister B is now. And he turned, and I'm sitting next to him, minding my business. He said, Minister Perry, will I tell you? I knew exactly how the lions felt when Daniel was in the cage and they couldn't eat him up. I experienced it that Sunday that I could not open my mouth. God shut it and I got a big mouth. And I said, up, and that was it. I didn't say nothing else the whole meeting. I was shocked. When the meeting was over, and my good friend, she laughed, she laughed, and I didn't, I, I really didn't think it was funny, because I'm like, uh-uh, no, 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 I know he won't, well, I said to Vanessa Grace, 
I'll be in the car. I'm going to warm up the car. When I got in the car, my mouth loosened up. And me and God had a talk. I had a talk. He ain't said nothing. I had a talk to let him know. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, he did know. And then when she came to the car, all she could do was laugh. So I just took her home, put her out. I should have really made her walk. <laughs> so he takes her off to Africa. And he comes back the next week. And he comes in the kitchen and he says, are you over your shock? And I said, no. I don't know what I'm doing. He said, good. God can use you because he can use people who don't know what they're doing. So... <laughs> So I take it God can use me because I really don't know what I'm doing. Okay? Praise God. But anyway, I'm glad I'm here. And I, I'm, I am honored to God that he chose me. Amen? And um, if you were here Wednesday night, well, you know, Pastor was talking about speaking in tongues and praying in the Spirit. Well, he said to continue in the vein. So I said, okay, I'll continue what I know. Amen. If you wasn't here, I really suggest you get that tape. Because that tape helped me so much. And it will help you too. We don't know the power that we believers have. When we pray in the spirit, there's power in the Holy Ghost working in you. Get Wednesday night's tape. Also, Sunday's tape. Amen. 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 So, I just want to give you several reasons why believers should pray in the spirit or in tongues. Uh, you can turn to Acts 2. Amen. Apostle Paul wrote much about the subjects of speaking in tongues. And apparently he practiced what he preached. Because he said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. Speaking to the church. So that means that he practiced speaking in tongues. And if we are believers and filled with the Holy Ghost, we should practice more speaking in tongues than speaking in English. Or in your known tongue. That is your powerhouse. And you need to use it to the fullest. Therefore, believers only can have this same blessing that Paul had. And the source power in his or her everyday life. Every Christian should speak in tongues. When you then you can see and you can experience the blessings that can be yours through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. 
Second, uh, Acts 2, it reads, um, Acts 2, 4. And they were all filled, and I'm reading out the Amplified, disfused throughout their souls, and with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other different foreign languages, tongues, as the Spirit kept giving them clear and, cloud, and, and loud expression in other tongues' appropriated words. It is a uh, tongues is the in initiative sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It is a supernatural evidence of the Holy Ghost indwelling you. In your indwelling, he is in your presence because he is in you. Amen. All born again believers should speak with other tongues. The word of God teaches us that when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, we speak with tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Bypass your understanding. This is the initiative evidence of signs of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Now you say, well, what is the purpose? Turn to 1 Corinthians 14.2. 1 Corinthians 14.2, the purpose of speaking in tongues. It said, for one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to man, but to God. Now, if you feel with the Holy Ghost and you pray in the Spirit, you ain't talking to you. You are not talking to nobody else but God. He is the only one understands what you are saying. Now, wasn't he, wasn't that God could only give you a supernatural language that you could talk to him? That is supernatural. You can talk to him. Your mind out of it, and the devil can't get in it. <clears throat> speak, uh, tongues speak to men, but to God, and no one understands or catches the meaning. Now, you're talking to God, and people hear you, and they don't know what you're saying, and you don't know what you're saying, but God knows what you're saying. God's good all the time. Because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secrets, truth, and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. So now you can speak some mysteries, and you don't know you're speaking mysteries. Amen? It is a supernatural means of direct communication with God. Speaking in tongues cause, cause, causes us to speak mysteries, divine secrets, and the hidden wisdom of God. Now, we all need God's wisdom. Because we, we, our wisdom is no good to us. We mess up our wisdom. But God can speak some wisdom to us that we can't mess up. 
Open up our understanding that you wonder, well, how did I do that? Give you witty inventions. You know how to do things. You know how to, to handle a situation that you can't handle. Just speak in tongues. God has given the church a divine supernatural means of communicating with him. And I call it praying in the spirit. Spread in the spirit or in tongue is a believer's hotline to the throne of God. The believer's hotline to go before the throne of God and sit down and talk to the Father. Hallelujah. It's good. Praise God. And you know, the devil don't want you speaking in tongues. The devil do not want us speaking in tongues. And he diverts everything anyway. So if God says speak in tongues, you know what he's going to come and tell you? What are you doing that for? Been there, done that. Y'all know it. Well, what? You don't know what you're saying. Then I'm going to tell you something else he does. You can get out and start praying in tongues, and he's going to tell you, oh, what you going to cook tonight? Oh, oh, you know, man, I forgot. I was to call so-and-so and so. He give you somebody that you, you know, and, and you know what you do? You got, yes, and she got to go to work. I got to catch her before she go to work. So you get up. Distraction. It's only distraction. And then sometimes, you know, you be praying and don't have a pain nowhere. You know, it was my back hurt. Oh man, uh, the cramp in my arm. Did Charlie know how to hit you because you're there? <laughs> Distraction. He don't want you praying in tongues. The telephone is surely going to ring. <laughs> and you know we're going to answer that because we don't want to miss a phone call. I tell you. Let's look at another reason why we should speak in tongues. Tongues are for spiritual edification. First uh, Corinthians 4, 14, 4. Verse 4. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to man but to God. For one, for no one understands nor catches the meaning because it is the Holy Spirit he utters secrets and hidden things, not obvious to, okay, to the understanding. Now Paul, in, in, Paul encouraged the church to edify. I wanted you to go to 1 Corinthians 14, 4, I'm sorry. 14, 14, verse, go right down to 14, 14. 14, 14. For as I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayed by the Holy Spirit within me. Prayer prays. The Holy Spirit within me prays, but your, my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit, and it helps nobody. So Paul encouraged the, the Corinthians church to continue practice praying in the spirit or praying in tongues. And also... You can worship God in tongues. You can praise him in tongues. 
Their prayers is a mean of edification, edification and building up oneself. When you pray in the spirit, you are building up yourself. Amen. You're pray and you can also pray to interpret. You can ask God for the interpretation. My because he said my spirit prays by the Holy Spirit. God is a spirit. And when you pray in tongues, your spirit is in direct contact with God. Amen. Direct contact. When you're praying in the spirit, no, we don't know what we're saying unless God sees fit the Holy Spirit to tell you, give you an unction, enlighten you. To, but no, you are praying in the perfect will of God. Whether you get the answer then or not, it will surely come. Just keep praying. Amen. Just keep praying in the spirit. Hallelujah. Uh, praying in tongues is, is your direct contact with God. And that is so good to know that we can contact God. We're, and our mind don't have to be in it. Because you know, if we, if we had, you know the reason why that we, want, we, don't, we don't bother to pray. And Pastor said this Wednesday night, he said, well, you're watering down your praying in the spirit and it's not good. It's not good. Because you're giving in to the enemy. He don't want you to pray in the spirit. And you're going to stop praying in the spirit. And you're going before God with your English. And the, and the devil sitting right there. Catching every word come out of your mouth. And turning it around. And you're giving him place to do it. Because if you fill with the Holy Ghost. And you can pray in tongues. You don't have to give him a gateway to nothing. Pray it through in the spirit. Pray it through in the spirit. Whatever your situation is, pray it through in the spirit. And if you don't get an answer today and you don't get one tomorrow, he said, wait on me. We got a perfect time to tell you what you need to do and how you need to do it. Because if he tell you before time, you're going to mess it up. Amen? So don't give the devil no ground. And if you are here today and you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and you are born again Christian, and you believe in this faith, I tell you, don't leave here until you get filled. And you will be filled. Amen? You will be filled. Amen. I mean, this is your, this is your weapon with Satan. And let me tell you, the way, the way Satan is beating up on God's people today, I am sick of it. I'm sick of him. Pray it through. I mean, he is hitting people and the, the children of God. Right and left. And when you don't pray in the spirit, you're giving him an open gate to attack your body. To attack your body. An open gate to attack your body. And you know what? I haven't been praying in the spirit like I should. I, I used to get up 5 o'clock to pray to 6. And, hey, I, got, I was getting away from it. <laughs> but after Wednesday night, ain't getting away from it no more. You know I pray in the spirit all the time. I just pray in the spirit. I ain't got nothing to ask God in English. I bring the situation to him. And I pray it through. I'm going to pray it through in the spirit. I don't know what you. I'm going to pray it through in the spirit. And I know when I started to do. When I started doing it. 
and you start to doing it, it ain't going to take God 20 days to answer what you're asking him for. It's not going to take him that long. That's what he said. He said, be still and know that I'm God. Amen? So it, it is uh, teenagers. You children, pray. I know, I know y'all praying to speak. If you don't, get filled. You want to know why your grades ain't right in school? You ain't praying in spirit. If you were praying in spirit, you would know, because God will give you an unction while you're while you are while you're studying. You will know. So it is vitally important as a believer to pray in tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. Praying in the spirit is so powerful that the enemy really don't want us to pray in the spirit. Anything he can do to stop you from praying in the spirit. You know the reason why? Because he don't know what you're saying. So he don't have nothing to fight you with. In other words, when you praise God and you worship God and you pray in the spirit, he has to leave your premises. He has to leave your premises. You know what? Because when you say hallelujah, it hurt his ears. When you say hallelujah, when you go through your house acting like you crazy, saying hallelujah, hallelujah, demons are going to move. And then you can turn around and tell them not only move from the house, move from the premises, move from the street and from the neighborhood in the name of Jesus. And don't come back because this house is sealed with the blood of Jesus. And if you come in, you've got to come in through the blood. And he ain't going to touch that blood. Amen. My God. Hallelujah. Woo. Praying in tongues is your hotline to God. Turn with me to Romans 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On your way to work in the morning, pray in the spirit. Woo, sitting at your desk, pray in the spirit. Walking down the street, praying the spirit. Some of people look at me think I'm crazy. They think you're crazy anyway. You know how many people walking down the street talking to themselves? They just think you're another one of them. And it's all right. They're just another one. They're dead go another one. Right. Oh, Rakobosiki. Yeah, right. I am. For Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 26 and 27, it say, so, so to the Holy Spirit, it comes in as an aid and it bears up, uh, us up in our weakness, for we do not know what prayer to offer God or how to offer it worthy as we are. But the Holy Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for the, for utterance. Amen? And he who searches the heart of man knows what's in the mind of the Holy Spirit and what his intent is because the 
spirit intercedes and pleads before God. The spirit intercedes, the Holy Spirit hooks up with your spirit and he intercedes before God on your behalf. Uh, uh, on behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with the will of God. Amen. Now, so the Holy Spirit comes to our aid, bears us up in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought or worthily as we ought. Now, he didn't say we didn't know how to pray. He said we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Ghost goes, the Holy Ghost goes to, to plead on our behalf. He who searches the heart of man knows what's in the spirit that the intent and what the intent is because God, the spirit intercedes and pleads before God. Now, what Paul is saying here is that you know how to pray. It's not that we don't know how to pray because we know how to pray because we pray in the name of Jesus Christ in his name. So we know how to pray. But because I know how to pray in the name of Jesus Christ does not make me know how to pray as I ought. I could be praying amiss. Amen. I could be praying selfishly. You could pray a selfish prayer in praying in your English. That prayer could be selfish and unscriptural. We need to be careful what we pray for. We forget to say, let your will be done. It's, uh, this is what I want, Lord. This is my will, and this is what I want. But you know, we need to really say, Lord, what is your will about this? Because whatever is your will is my will. Because he said, pray, let thy kingdom come and let thy will be done. In my life, in my world, in my situation, I want your will done. Because your will is the best will. I, I could will a lot of things, but hey, after I get it, I might not know what to do with it. Like Lenny say, you're going you're gonna, to... You're going to ask God for a big car because, Lord, I want this car. And, uh, you know, everybody else is getting this car. But, hey, the payment's got to become. The insurance got to come. <laughs> and please don't take it back to the dealer unless you've got a good setup there with them. Because the labor is on cars now. Amen. So when you're buying your car and you can't afford it, get a good pack. Get a good pack on that car. You come back for this, it ain't going to cost you. Come back for that, it ain't going to cost you. And if they want to sell that car, I tell you what, you can demand practically what you want. I know been there and done that. Because I tell you, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm driving the Lincoln, and I thank God for it, and I'm... I thank God for it because I can't, we can't afford it. My husband and I can't afford it. But let me tell you, when we went to get that car, oh, we 
The man talked, but I heard talk to him. He wanted to sell that car and I wanted to buy it. So he had to come down to my level because I had prayed before we went there. So and my husband said, you asked for everything. I said, I'm supposed to, I'm the king's daughter. And when I go back there, I don't even pay for oil change. They don't give me so many tickets for oil change. Mm -mm. Don't pay for nothing. Amen. Unless it's something I do to, do to it. So these are the things that in praying in the spirit, God will direct you. He will direct you. I remember the first time we was getting a Cadillac because we went from an Oldsmobile to a Cadillac. And I come in and I say, I said, I think we're going to get a car. And the car that I wanted was that white Lincoln that we had. I seen that car, and that car was so in my spirit. I started praying for that car. And lo and behold, I had a picture of that car on my wall. And I prayed on that car. And one Friday, the dealer called and the lady say, uh, I have a call from Mr. Perry. I think he would be interested in it. And I said, well, he isn't home. I said, but uh, I tell him, and he can come over. Because the one we had, we got bent up and, and everything. And he, we wanted a new one. So I came to Barbara, and I said, Bob, no, we should call. Let me tell you how God do. I had this call on my wall, 1998. Continental. I had it on my wall. So she said, well, I think he'd be interested in this car. I said, okay, then. I said, I'll tell him, and, and he'll come over tomorrow, Jersey. Well, I said, the Holy Ghost said, I said, what kind of car? And I said, okay, what kind of car you got for my husband to see? She said, 1989 Lincoln Continental. I hung up the telephone, and I sat down on the bed. I said, God. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no money. God said, he going to buy it. I said, okay. I went that Saturday. I, and kept, believe me, I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to take. And my husband, he going, ain't buying no car. And that pizza one out there just got some dents on it. And I, I ain't saying nothing. I said, you going? Yeah, I'm going. I said, God, what am I going to do? He said, take $100. He said, take $100. So I went in my little snatch. Didn't say nothing to him. I got the $100, put it in my pocket. I didn't take charge card. I didn't take checkbook. I didn't take nothing. When we drove up on the premises and I parked the car, when he got out of the car looking for the mechanic because he's a friend of ours. I got out of the car, and the Holy Spirit said, look. Oh, my God, is that the car? Parked right in front of the car. I didn't say nothing. And then when we get to talking to the man and everything, Holy Ghost is so good. I just sit there and let my husband rattle off, and he was rattling off, and I'm, I'm sitting there. And so he said, 
Well, Chris, did you bring any money? No, no. Did you bring it? Did you bring charge card? Nope. He said, you ain't bring How you coming up? I said, I got a hundred dollars. The man said, give it to me. He said, let me go upstairs and talk to my, to my, to my boss. Now, I know he was going up there. I was going to get that car because the Holy Spirit had told me. So, and while he going to talk to the boss, my husband disappeared on me. So, I said, where did this man go? I'm sitting there. And he said, I'll be right back. When he came back, he said, you know what, man? I was out there looking at that car thinking the grow on me. <laughs> we walked out of there with the car and $100 in the car. And that was that. Oh, my God. God is good. Amen. So, <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we're back to tongues. But God is good. But when you pray in the spirit, it works. Just pray in the spirit over a situation. You go into the store. You want a bargain. Pray in the spirit. Ask God for favor. Ask God for favor. That's all. And go into the store and get favor. It happened to me this week. I'm going on vacation. And I really needed a dress because it's my family reunion. And I said, I ain't paying, uh, I ain't paying no hundred dollars on no dress. No, mm-mm. spend my money wisely. Got the Lord and Taylor's. Got a hundred and fifty dollar gown for fifty-eight dollars. I said, thank you very much. I'll take it. I'll take it. And pray before you leave home when you go and shopping. Oh, she, oh, sure, she was showing me some gowns with the big names. I said, well, how much is that? Well, that one's $265, but that is a whatever name it was. I said, I ain't paying for his name. I don't need it. Amen? Don't need it. Hallelujah. Now, you know, and you talk about tongues, people should be careful how they speak against tongues. Be very careful. How you speak against tongues, which is the spirit of God. You're not talking about the ones that's up there doing it. You're talking about the spirit of God that are working in that person, moving in that person. The spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit in operation according to Ephesians 4.30. That says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. It is your spirit praying by the Holy Ghost within you. So you're not talking about that person that is praying in the spirit. You are talking about the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is not going to do your praying. He is sent to dwell in us to help as a helper and an intercessor. He is not responsible for our prayer life. He is sent to help us pray. It's spirit direct praying. Spirit direct praying. It eliminates responsibilities of selfishness in our prayer life. Amen. So don't be afraid to ask the Holy Ghost to plead for you according to the will of God. 
and then bring your petition to him. Speaking in tongues disconnect us from the interpretation of the mind because our understanding is unfruitful and understanding and understanding nothing, our mind are bypassed and detached. Our spirit is in control. The spirit of God within you and in your spirit takes over and they are in control. He is in control. We are praying in tongues by the Holy Spirit out of our spirit and we are talking mysteries. No devil nor demon understands what we are saying in the spirit or in tongues. What we are praying for or about and neither do you. So God know what he was doing. He get you out of it and he get the demons out of it. Amen. God has given to the church a divine supernatural means of communication with himself. So let us take it. Don't let us take it lightly. It is our power in the Holy Ghost. The church divine supernatural hotline to heaven. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, now that ends my part. Now we're going to hear about spiritual warfare. And we need spiritual warfare because you're going to come up against some things. And you got to know how to handle them or they certainly will know how to handle you. Amen? Amen. And now... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Hallelujah. minister, Hallelujah. Lisa Williams. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. hallelujah. How you doing? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. I tell you that if speaking in other tongues was, wasn't um, such so powerful, then the enemy will not allow some of us Christians to believe that it's talking to him. Because you have a lot of believers that won't pray in other tongues because they've been taught that they're praying to the devil. And then you have a lot of believers believing that it's only for the minister himself. So that lets me know that praying in other tongues is powerful. Amen? And let me tell you how I got here because I didn't know I was supposed to speak today. And Minister Perry called me up and she told me and I said, okay. I said, well, what are we supposed to speak on? She said, well, um, um, speaking in other tongues. You know, how important it is to speak another tongue. And I was like, that's what we got to talk about? She was like, yeah, that's what Bishop was talking about Wednesday, and that's what, you know, we, we need to do. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I said, you know what? It's good that you do that. You, you know, you can do that because you pray all the time. I really don't want to talk about something that I'm not doing all the time, amen? And every time I come up to minister... I like to be, you know, on point. I like to know that, hey, this is what I'm doing, therefore I can minister it to you. But like you always hear me say, every time I get up and speak, it's always for me first, amen? So when I'm talking to Minister Perry, she was like, oh, well, you be all right. And I got to, you know, she's so sweet, right? And in the midst of her talking, the Lord said to me, the weapons of our warfare are not common. And I said to Minister Perry, 
Oh, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. But I never told her what it was that the Lord gave to me, amen? So that's what we want to talk about today. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, amen? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Glory, hallelujah. Let me tell you, I'm excited. I, I felt like I wanted to bust over there. After Minister Green and then after Minister Perry, I'm like, all right, I want to get up now because I'm about to bust. Because let me tell you something, God is so faithful. I really didn't know how to put this thing together and it was all right. All I knew is I had to speak, but there was a time where I would sit down with a whole bunch of study Bibles, three and four regular Bibles, because I was trying to put my message together. But this time, amen, thank God for growth. This time I sat down with one Bible, amen, and I got my strong concordance, amen, and I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with this one scripture that you gave me? And throughout all that, I cleaned my house up Friday night, hallelujah. I got up Saturday morning, did a little running with my friend Mary, amen, and in fact, she said, come on, man, let's go sit on the porch. She was going on the porch. I said, okay, I'm going too, but I got to go study. Brought my Bible with me, went and sat down. We didn't sit there for two minutes before we was up and in the car somewhere. Went to a wedding, did everything. Because if the Lord said that I'm going to speak, he's going to give me the message, and I don't have to have anything to do with it, amen? So I'm going to tell you about 1 o'clock this morning. I like to watch Showtime at the Apollo. And I was talking to Mary, and we just ministered. We just having a good time. And I said, okay, the Apollo's coming on. And I sat down in my bed, and I turned to Channel 4 at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I got my Bible. See, you know, when it's God, you don't have to be so uppity up and feel like I got to go in my prayer closet. Sometimes God would allow you to go into your prayer closet. But this time, he knows my heart. He knows that I like Showtime after Apollo. He knows that I believe that whatever he's going to give me to minister to his people is coming from my heart. So while watching Showtime after Apollo, the Lord begins to minister to me. Hallelujah. And I ain't missing out one act. That's why I believe in being real. Let me tell it like it is. I didn't go into a prayer closet, amen? Second Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm going to be reading out of my life application study Bible. Second Corinthians chapter 10, starting at the third verse, it says this. We're going to read from verse 3 to 8. We are human. But we don't wage war with human plans and methods. We use God's mighty weapons, not mere worldly weapons, to knock down a devil's stronghold. With these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas, and we teach them to obey Christ. And we will punish those who remain disobedient after the rest of you became loyal and obedient. The trouble with you is that you make your decisions on the basis of appearance. You must recognize that we belong to Christ just as much as those who proudly declare that they belong to Christ. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but this authority is to build you up, not to tear you down. Amen? Hallelujah. So then after reading that scripture, the Lord said to me, weapons, the weapons of our warfare, are not carnal. So then I said, well, what about what are our weapons, Lord? Hallelujah. And the Lord said to me, our weapons are prayer. Our weapons is faith. Our weapons is hope. Our weapons is love. 
and praise and worship. Hallelujah. Anytime fear steps in, your weapon is safe. Hallelujah. I'm not going to take heed to this fear that you're trying to put inside of me. The word of God says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And I'm not going to look at the circumstances. I'm going to look beyond what I see. Amen. Faith is a weapon whenever fear begins to step in. Hallelujah. Then the Lord says to me, prayer. Actually, prayer was first. So whenever you're desiring something from God, whenever you need something from God, whenever you have a situation, hallelujah, prayer is a weapon. And when you pray in other tongues, the Lord showed me a long time ago, even though we don't know we're praying, the devil is going around. He's spinning around, spinning around over and over again because it bothers him to know that he cannot understand what it is you're praying, even though you don't know what you're praying yourself. But the difference is that you know that you're praying, hallelujah, to the spirit of God that knows that you are connected to him. Hallelujah. So it really makes no difference whether I understand what I'm praying or not. Even though I can pray, hallelujah, and I can ask for the interpretation. But to me, as long as I know that I'm hooked up to the right one, hallelujah, and the spirit of God is residing on the inside of me, I cannot go wrong. I can't go wrong. Hallelujah. Prayer is a weapon. And we need to learn, even if you don't understand what praying in the spirit is right now, don't worry about it. Just keep coming. Just keep coming and hear the word. You'll learn more and more about it. Prayer is a weapon. Hope. When doubt begins to set in, you believe in God for so much and then all of a sudden doubt begins to set in. The word of God says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is a weapon. Hope is a weapon. I got to have some hope. This thing ain't going to last always. Let me tell you something. I have hope. Because in the past few months, I've encountered a whole lot of stuff. And if I didn't have hope, I would have given up. If you didn't have hope, you would have given up a long time ago. For me to be standing here today and not giving up on the word of God, that lets me know that hope is a weapon. Hope is your weapon. Love. You know you got a lot of folks that want to act ugly towards you. Even when you ain't do nothing wrong. They want to look at you a certain way. They want to give you the eye. They want to talk about They want to do all kinds of things. Amen. You know. You know how we do. Hallelujah. Let's get rid of Bring it on home, right? Glad you're here, sis. It's my buddy now. Yeah, that's my buddy. That's my Jersey buddy. That's my friend. Hallelujah. Love is a weapon. I don't care what you do to me, how you look at me, or what you say. I'm just going to love on you anyway. And it's a weapon because it causes a change. I don't care how long it takes. It causes a change. Hallelujah. It's a weapon. Now, when I have things that I can't ha I have no control over, and things are just plaguing me and bothering me, and I'm telling y'all, but it ain't easy. giving up. I know how to stand. When you're going through, worship God. 
praise him in the midst of what you're going through. You know why? Because you cannot change it no how. You can't do nothing about it. You can't do nothing about your situation. You can't. That's why in the midst of it, you need to praise him. You need to worship him. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a weapon. Although we are short of victory, we must engage in a struggle until Christ returns. If we believe and have faith to know that we already have the victory, God will give us the strength to endure until our time change comes. Hallelujah. Yes, we hear all the time. Yeah, we Christians. We got the victory. Well, I don't feel like I got the victory. Sure don't feel like I got the But you do have the victory. Endurance. God will give you the strength to endure until your change comes. I know it. I'm a living witness. I only can talk about me. I can't talk about you. That's why I know when I get up here, it got to be real to me. I can't get up here and say something phony or say something that I'm not doing myself. I know how to stand. That's right. It's time for warfare. Hallelujah. And you got to know that these four things, five things, are your weapons. Hallelujah. Satan is constantly battling against all who are on the Lord's side. We need supernatural power to defeat him. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to develop a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what I'm tired of hearing. Christians praying, oh God, help me do this. Oh Jesus, help me do this. Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father. God is waiting for the Holy Ghost to bring up to him your prayers. And we're not praying in the spirit. The Holy Ghost is just left off to the side. I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost is my buddy. He's my friend. I've learned to just sit him down and just talk to him when I'm by myself. The Holy Ghost is a friend. He's a person. But so many times, and I find myself, whenever ministering to somebody, well, why don't you ask for the help of the Holy Spirit? Because the Word says He's our helper. The Word says He's our comforter. When we don't know what to do, the Word says He's our God. Hallelujah. When you don't know something, the Word says that He's our teacher. Hallelujah. If you don't understand what I'm saying, get in your Word. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you. He's going to give you Word to back up what I'm saying. Don't just take it at face value. Then I love God. Hallelujah. Turn me to Ephesians chapter 6. He not only told me about the weapons, but then he talked about the armor. Hallelujah. He didn't only give us weapons. He gave us the armor. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm too excited. I didn't even turn myself. I got Look, my Aunt Barbara taught me, you always mark your pages where you want to go. And I stand right over there and I said, let me do this now because I don't want to see her, me, her to see me fumbling. That's my mentor. Thank you, Jesus. Never forget who taught you. I love my bishop. I love all the ministers in here. But I get something from each and every last one of them. But that one woman stood by me as a little girl and taught me how to be a woman of God. Taught me how to be a wife. Taught me how to be a mother. Now I can stand on my own. I don't always call her anymore. Hallelujah. But you know, the interesting thing is, I find myself telling people what she told me. Well, baby, you just got to go ahead and carry it out. God is looking at you, love. (laughs) 
know, baby. I know. Man, I used to get on the phone with Natalie and say, you know, you know, sometimes you just don't listen. Huh? True, and then I find myself doing it. I know, baby, you got to go on, you know. You, you got to do this. But why always got to be the one? And you just know you do it right. You know, we we women, we just know we got it together, right? We, we, we get like the scripture, girl. This scripture, Ephesians 6, 10, is me and Sister Natalie. We stand together in prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay, God talks about God's armor. God's armor dresses you for spiritual warfare. It dresses you. You know, the Lord said the battle is not ours, it's the Lord. But we put on the armor, it ain't to fight no battle. But so many times we say that. But the Lord showed me, no, in the midst of the battle, that's God's battle. I can't just stand here unprotected. I got to have on the armor of God. This way, all the fiery dark can just go past me. Hallelujah. And it's just like a bullet with a vest. If I have a vest on, that bullet tends to run. Well, it, it, if it go through me, it ain't going to hurt me too much. But if the bell, let's just say the bullet won't go through, okay? The bullet will pop right off you, amen? But that's what the armor is. It's to, for you to stand. If you read Ephesians, he talk, and I, God is just so good. See, he said, when you have an armor, it just causes you to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins good about with truth. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm going to read it. I ain't going to quote it because I might mess it up. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. A final word. Be strong with the Lord's mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand. He didn't say anything about fighting. The only fight God said we had to have was a good fight of Hallelujah. You may be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood. Oh, Lord God, keep that in our remembrance. But against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. And that's talking about the fallen angels. Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> All I thought it was, was just the devil and his people. I didn't know what was going on. Use every piece of God's armor to resist or to overcome the enemy in the time of evil. We are now in the time of evil. You cannot come out unless you are dressed. So that after the battle you will still be standing firm. After the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the sturdy belt of truth and a body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. Put on salvation as your helmet. And don't take salvation lightly. 
We understand that once you accept Christ, it's a process. You're not going to be changed overnight. But the thing that you need to do is take it seriously. It takes time to get to the place where God wants you to be. It is not easy. Under no circumstances am I saying that. Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. He said every time. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. The armor. I'm going to give you the meaning of what the, the, what the armor means. Amen? The armor is protection in the midst of the spiritual warfare. It causes you to stand and to resist. Although we already have the victory, it does not stop the devil from trying to destroy us. So our God has to be up all of the time. Amen. And that God is praying in other times. Amen. Because let me tell you, sometimes you, don't, you may not feel like praying, even though it's a weapon. Sometimes you don't feel like operating in faith, even though it's a weapon. Sometimes you feel like you have no hope, even though it's a weapon. And sometimes you don't want to love on nobody. Even though it's a weapon. You, 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 you say a couple of things before you repent. I know I've been there. Lord, just let me add it. Just let just one time. Let me just kick up. And Father, forgive me in the name of Jesus. I won't do that no more. I repent. How many times we go back and do it over and over again? Hallelujah. We only have to fight the good fight of faith. But we cannot stand in the middle of a battle unprotected. We will be stripped and beaten like some of us feel today. Some of you feel beaten. Some of you feel stripped. You know why? You don't have your armor on. Hallelujah. Stay dressed in the armor and know your weapons. The armor is not to fight. It's to stand and to resist. Your learns guarded about with truth. It's a sturdy belt of truth. This strengthens your entire being for spiritual warfare. And it's the reality of God in our daily walk. Then we have the breastplate of righteousness. Do I look like I'm dressed for war today? Brother George told me that. Hallelujah. You know, it's good. You know, it's good to have fun. Amen. But as long as you get the just the, what I'm talking about. Amen? Breastplate of righteousness covers our conscience and is needed so we can be right with God and man. In other words, it covers us from the enemy's accusations whenever we are wrong with God or man. Satan tries to accuse us. He is the accuser of the brethren. So you need your breastplate of righteousness. Your feet must be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This strengthens our stand in the battle. Shoes imply that you are fully, fully prepared. Amen. Shield of faith protects us against the attacks of the enemy. Helmet of salvation is the covering of the mind, mentality, mentality against negative thoughts. Helmet of salvation is needed because that's the area, you know how you hear to say that your mind is the devil's playground? That's where he starts. He starts right into your mind. Amen. You start to take thoughts that are ungodly. That's why the word tells us to cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that does not return to the father void. It's his word. It's his word. 
does not return to him void. The word of God is more powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So in order to know what the word says, you got to read the word. Amen? Turn me to Jehoshaphat. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Hallelujah. Now I'm just going to pick out certain points in Jehoshaphat. Because in this, Jehoshaphat found out that some Moabites and Ammonites was going to come against him. Amen? They was going to attack him and his people. And when Jehoshaphat found out about it, he went directly to the Lord and he began to pray. And when he began to pray to the Lord, he began to tell God how wonderful he is. He began to put God in remembrance of all the things that he did for him, of all the things that his ancestors said that God was. That's what he did first. He didn't just come to him, run into him with his problem. He had a relationship with God, amen? He began to just talk to God about all the things that God did to him in the past. See, your situation today is not going to last you always. I've been saying every day, this too shall pass. I say to my husband, whatever's going on, this is going to pass. I know this is not going to stand last always. So whatever problem or situation you have, and you have to go to God to, in prayer, you exalt him and lift him up, and you put him in remembrance of what he has done for you and what your, your, your grandmother or what the preacher or whoever told you all about him and how he delivered you in the past. Amen. You begin to exalt God. Amen. Hallelujah. Worship is telling God how great he is. Praise is thanking God for who he is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So after he began to pray and he told them all about what his ancestors said, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men that was standing there. And this is the word that the man gave. Do not be afraid. I'm sorry. Verse 15. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow. Then he gave him instructions. Amen. Verse 17. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Hallelujah. What position are you in today? Amen. Are you taking a position where you can just stand still and watch God do what he's going to do? Or are you still trying to work it out? Or are you still trying to figure out how you're going to do it? Hallelujah. Huh? What position are you in now? I like to preach the word of God with boldness. Just like Pastor Kelly, right? Why is she talking so loud? Oh, she hurting my ear. Praise the Lord. That's boldness. I want everything and everybody to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said, take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with us. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out there tomorrow for the Lord is with you. Then you find out that Jehoshaphat got his people together. He said, believe. And then the next morning, hallelujah, Jehoshaphat said to his people, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. And then Jehoshaphat got his singers together. His praise and what he didn't just pick anybody. 
He got somebody. That's why praise and worship is so important. You just can't have anybody standing up here. Because when you bring forth the word of God, that to dispatch anything, any activity that's unlike God in here. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what they say. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. They didn't have five or six verses. But that's how powerful it is. And not to condemn anything, but I'm just saying, this is all that they sang. And as they began to sing, the Lord stepped in. Hallelujah. As they began to worship him. At the moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Hallelujah. So you tell me that prayer, praise, and worship is not powerful. It's not easy. I know. And, and this is this is this is me. I gotta talk about when you're going through. I had to talk about that. That's what I know about. That's what I'm called to do. Build you up, lift you up. It's not easy to praise God in the midst of your circumstances. I know for me, I got to sit down and cry a little while. I got to get all the hurt that's on the inside of me out to cry. Well, that's right, me. Uh-huh. I got to cry. I'm not strong. Hallelujah. But then, you know, the, I told Pastor Kelly a um, couple of weeks ago, the scripture said, weeping may endure for a night, for joy cometh in the morning. But it didn't say which morning. Didn't say that if I cried tonight that when I get up tomorrow morning, I'm going to be jumping up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Didn't say that. But it gives me hope to know that my joy is coming back one morning. Hallelujah. After I get down there and cry and boo-hoo. And, and, and you know, because folks try to make you think you don't lost faith once you do that. Let me tell you something. You didn't lose faith. Once you cry and once you're trying to get out of you, what's in you does not mean that you have no faith. You got to be very careful because people begin to put stuff on you. And you try to keep this facade up, just like, how are you? I'm blessed. No, I'm going through some stuff this morning. And if you could just get together and pray with me, hallelujah, I think I can get through this thing. Yes, I know I'm blessed, but I'm going through something right now. Would you pray with me? But see, we get so caught up into, I don't want her to know my business. And that's true. You got to have the wisdom. You got to tell you who it is to go to. So we got to be an example. But under no circumstances are you to ever believe because you cry or because you feel down that you have lost faith. Hallelujah. See, God's heart is his people. Everything that goes forth in here is the word of God and it's everything that we need. And God has different people with different assignments. My assignment is to minister to the God's people. Hallelujah. Uprooting you and, and, and just letting you know it's going to be all right. And if I didn't know it, I couldn't preach it. Those that preach the gospel got to live of the gospel. I'm not concerned about what you really think of me. I'm going to say what God has told me to say. In a time that people are hurting, we're talking about all other kinds of stuff. But when I leave out of here, did somebody touch the spot that needed to be touched with the word of God? I come to minister to God's people, to their heart. 
the heart, the heart. God's heart is his people. God's heart is not, it's all about you. It's all about me. God's heart is his people. I want answers when I walk out of here. I have a co-worker, the Lord told her to come into the church. But the devil tried to deceive her because one day she came and she felt her knee wasn't met. She just felt it wasn't met. But it was met. But stuff like that, you need to, that's what God wants to do. You need, but because of her persistency and because she know what God said to her, it kept her on track. And she realized that her need was met. And even if you're sitting here right now and you feel that what we talked about prayer and what I'm talking about now did not meet your needs, it did. You got to take what it is that God wants you to have, apply it to your life, and then you start from there. Amen? It's not going to happen overnight for you. But I know one thing. God's heart is his people. And this is a prayer that I've always prayed. Give me your heart, Lord God, to minister to your people. I don't want my own sermon. I want God's sermon. I don't want a pat on the back, want a rub on the head. I want God's word to go forth to minister to his people. Because they're hurting. Our brothers and sisters are hurting. They're hurting. And God wants to mend that. Don't leave here today if you need prayer. It doesn't have to be me. It could be anyone in the ministry. It could be your sister or your brother. But don't leave here today without going into agreement with somebody so that you can feel like whatever situation you have is going to be taken care of. You got to know God is concerned about you. God loves you. But if you don't take the step of faith to do something like grab somebody, you're going to cause yourself to go down another way. It's going to take you a little longer. Hallelujah. How can, anyone, how can anyone pray at all times? Order your life around God's desires and teachings so that your life becomes a prayer for life. Stay connected to God the Father. Listen to him when he speaks. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit. That's who he uses. Amen. I'm going to read something to you that's a true story. And it's email. Some of you may have gotten it already, and it's called the 26 Gods. But I'm going to read this because this is so important. This is a true story. And this, when you leave here, you won't have no other alternative but to continue to pray in the Spirit at all times, as well as myself. While serving, this is a missionary on furlough. He told his story while visiting his home church in Michigan. And he says this. While serving at a small field hospital in Africa, every two weeks I traveled by bicycle through the jungle to a nearby city for supplies. This was a journey of two days and required camping overnight at the halfway point. On one of these journeys, I arrived in the city where I planned to collect money from a bank, purchase medicine and supplies, and then began my two-day journey back to the field hospital. 
Upon arrival in the city, I observed two men fighting, one of whom had been seriously injured. I treated him for his injuries and at the same time talked to him about the Lord. I then traveled two days, camping overnight, and arrived home without incident. Two weeks later, I repeated my journey. Upon arriving in the city, I was approached by the young man I had treated. He told me that he had known I carried money and medicine. He said, some friends and I followed you into the jungle, knowing you would camp overnight. We planned to kill you and take your money and drugs. But just as we were about to move into your camp, we saw that you were surrounded by 26 armed guards. At this, I laughed and said that I was certain all alone, I was certainly all alone in that jungle campsite. The young man pressed the point, however, and said, no, sir, I was not the only person to see the guards. My five friends also saw them, and we all counted them. It was because of those guards that we were afraid and left you alone. At this point in the sermon, one of the men in the congregation jumped to his feet and interrupted the missionary and asked if he could tell him the exact day that this happened. The missionary told the congregation the date, and the man who interrupted him told him his story. On the night of your incident in Africa, it was morning here, and I was preparing to go play golf. I was about to put, I was about to put, when I felt the urge to pray for you. I felt the urge to pray for you. Hallelujah! And when you don't know what to pray for somebody, you pray in the spirit. He said, I felt, I felt the urge to pray for you. In fact, the urging of the Lord was so strong, I called men in this church to meet with me here in the sanctuary to pray for you. Would all of those men who met with me on that day stand up? The men who had met together to pray that day stood up. The missionary wasn't concerned with who they were. He was too busy counting how many men he saw. There were 26 men. Sound like something that happened here a couple of days ago. When the Lord gave it to my husband to uh, get all the men gathered around and pray over the bishop. That man was out there and so they was ready to kill him and murder him and take all his drugs and everything that he was using to help people. But it was 26 men because he paid attention to the Spirit of God. And now if you don't have a relationship with the Spirit of God, if you don't know the Spirit of God, when he speaks, you won't know it. Start acknowledging the Holy Spirit. This was a true story from a missionary. From one, we're going to be sending some of our missionaries out. Amen? Hallelujah. I pray that you were blessed. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Evangelist Brave to come forth. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to minister to you. To come forth. With the altar call. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember be not afraid. Only believe, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord, and he is coming soon.